Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Misech the Shabbos, Perik Tes Vov, Mishnah Gimel, finishing the Perik, short Perik, moving on to Perik Tezayin, Mishnah Aleph. And our Mishnah is going to discuss now, and for the rest of the Misech, pretty much, rabbinic prohibitions on Shabbos. So we're moving away from the Oraisa ones to the rabbinic ones. Mikaflin as the Kalim Afilab Arba Chamesh Pa'amim. There is a problem of preparing for after Shabbos. However, if, you're, if it's for Shabbos itself, then one may fold clothes even four or five times, meaning to say that they fold it once, they don't like the way it's folded. That means I was probably one folding it. They fold it again, and they just still don't like the way it's folded. They can fold it four or five times until they get it just right so that it could be so that it could be worn again only on Shabbos. But you can't fold from on Shabbos until after Shabbos, although there are ways in which it may be permitted, but we're not going to get into that now. Obviously, the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, case where this emerges, uh, the most relevant case for that, would be the talus, folding a talus on Shabbos for after Shabbos. Again, moving on. Umats umats. Ian es hamitos milal Shabbos Shabbos. One may make their bed on Friday night in order so that it, they can sleep on it again on Shabbos. Alobi Shabbos lemoti Shabbos. But you're not allowed to fold clothes or make one's bed on Shabbos so that it could be used after Shabbos. Again, there are various ways where this may be permitted. Let's say you're making the bed because you want the room to look neat for Shabbos itself. There might be a hector there. Although if you don't plan on walking into the room for the rest of Shabbos, so then you can't claim you want the room to look nice for Shabbos because you don't really care if you're not walking in again. The point is you can't do things on Shabbos that are going to have that are only going to have benefit after Shabbos. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Mekalpan is a kalim umatzinas hamitos miyom kippur leShabbos that one may fold clothes and make beds on Yom Kippur for Shabbos. And the, back in the day, before we set the, set the calendar, erev Shabbos Friday was a, Yom Kippur was able to fall out on a Friday. One was allowed to make. To, to prepare from Yom Kippur for Shabbos itself. And the reason for that is because Yom Kippur has lesser sanctity than Shabbos does. And because it has a lesser sanctity, so then we assume one's allowed to prepare on Yom Kippur for Shabbos. You can fold your clothing on Yom Kippur for Shabbos itself. Uh, interestingly, once we're on the subject of Yom Kippur, Rabbi Salvechik would fold his talus on Yom Kippur night after he finished wearing it. And the reason for that was because he'd wear it again Yom Kippur morning. So the one place where everyone would agree, you can fold your talus on Yom Kippur. Okay. Once we're on the subject of Yom Kippur having a lesser sanctity, so the halach is, is as follows, that there are certain karbanos, certain sacrifices, one brings even on Shabbos, we say the sacrifice is doche Shabbos, it pushes away Shabbos. Now, the way in which sacrifices were brought were the ikr sacrifice, the, mo- the, the meat for, and the, most of the fats were burnt on the day of the sacrifice was, bra- was brought. And once one were to bring the, once the carbon tumid shalbein harbayim was brought, once the afternoon tumid was brought, no carbonos or scantily few carbonos were allowed to be brought after that. And at night, that's when they burnt the excess varm um, and the, the excess limbs and fats. So they'd burn the fats of the carbonos that were brought during the day that night. Interestingly, this is one of the reasons why in the base of Migdash, although normally in Judaism we say night precedes day, in the base of Migdash we don't say that, but rather day precedes the night. So the fats of the animals that were brought, of the carbonos that were brought during the day, were sacrificed that night. Well, what happens if that night is, it's Yom Kippur that falls out after Shabbos, so it's a carbon of Shabbos, and then it's Yom Kippur. So normally we would say, on Shabbos one cannot bring the fats from Yom Kippur. If it was the re- reverse scenario, if it was Yom Kippur to Shabbos, one would not be allowed to burn the fats on Friday night. 
because it, that's not allowed. But if it's Shabbos Yom Kippur, the Tanakam is of the opinion that one is in fact allowed to burn the fats of Shabbos on Yom Kippur because Shabbos has a greater sanctity than Yom Kippur. That the fats of Shabbos are not brought are not burnt on Yom Kippur, and the fats of Yom Kippur are not burnt on Shabbos. We don't make this distinction because of the sanctity, but rather both of them have an equal sanctity. Not in the sense that Shabbos is, is considered equal in, in the realm of Kedusha, but rather when the Pasuk refers to Shabbos and Yom Kippur, it seems to say that we treat them as the same. So although, although in actuality, Yom Kippur is a lesser sanctity, and the way we know it has lesser sanctity is because unlike Shabbos, one who desecrates Yom Kippur publicly does not get Misa, is not, is not liable for the death penalty. They only get Kares, again, very severe, but not as severe, whereas Shabbos, there is Misa, which shows it has a heightened level of sanctity, but it, in the way it practically plays out, we, we assume it has equal sanctity in the sense that one is not of Korn Kiva, one cannot prepare from Yom Kippur to Shabbos, or Shabbos to Yom, from Yom Kippur to Shabbos, or burn the fats from Yom Kippur on Shabbos, or Shabbos to Yom Kippur. Okay, next, Perak. Perak 16, Perak Tes Zion. Kol kisve ha-kodesh matzilin osam avnei adleka, ben jekarn behem, o ben jekarn behem. If a fire breaks out, people, you're not allowed to put a fire out on Shabbos, that we know, it's, 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 it's uh, putting out a fire. However, what about saving your items? So Chazal actually made a prohibition that one is not allowed to save their items from a fire on Shabbos because what's going to happen is in the hurry to save items, it's very possibly they may come not just to save their items, but the anxiety will cause them to put the fire out. So in order to prevent them from coming to mistakenly put a fire out on Shabbos, Chazal say one is not allowed to save their possessions on Shabbos, except certain articles. Among them are going to be Kisve uh, HaKodesh, books in the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ksuvim. These books are holy, and therefore we allow you to bring them outside. So, says our Mishnah, Any of the books of the that are Kodesh, as in Torah, Nevim, Ksuvim, one may save them on Shabbos, one may remove them so that they don't get burnt. Whether they're a book they're going to read, or they're a book that one is not going to read. Why not? Because we assume they have holiness. Now, what's a book that one's not going to read on Shabbos? So the answer is going to be Ksuvim. It's very interesting. And there's Rabbi Arya Leibowitz in his latest Sefer has an entire chapter dedicated to the fact that the, the Gemara thinks and says one should not learn Ksuvim on Shabbos. One should not learn the uh, books of the, um, the Ksuvim, the writings, on Shabbos. So the, our Mishnah t- is telling us that one is allowed to save these items, whether you're going to read them or you're not allowed to read them, on the Shabbos. Interestingly, by the way, um, because one is not allowed to read Ksuvim on Shabbos, and our mission is going to tell us the reason for that is because we're afraid that it, when one comes to read Ksuvim, they're, ne- they're not going to go to the base medrash, they're going to get so engrossed in, in these stories, they may forget to uh, go actually learn and hear the lecture. See, it's important to go to the rabbi's lecture. So one's not allowed to read Ksuvim. That may be the reason, some some uh, some say, the Rogachever says this, that in um, our benching, if we, we know that on Shabbos, we switch around one word. That normally during the week, we say, Magli Yishuos Makol, which is a, comes from a Pasuk in Tehillim, in Tehillim Yudches. But on Shabbos, we say Migdal. Now, why do we switch it around? So there are various reasons given, but the Rogachavah says because actually Migdal Yishuas Makal is also a Pasuk, a Pasuk in Shmuel. So what we're doing is we don't want to quote a Pasuk, a verse from Ksuvim on Shabbos because there's a prohibition to learn Ksuvim on Shabbos. So rather than saying Magdil from Stehillim, we say Migdal from Shmuel. I heard this from my Uncle Seth. Thank you, Seth, for telling me about this. So there's a prohibition, again, to read Scripture on Shabbos, but one's still allowed to save the books of Scripture on Shabbos. 
However, if they are written in a language other than Hebrew, now this is talking about book the Gemara tells us this is talking only about, only about the books of Ksuvim. Let's say you get the art scroll English only edition of Ksuvim, so then you're not allowed to say them on Shabbos because they don't have the same level of holiness. However, to Unum Geniza, but they still require Geniza, as you can't simply throw them away. You have you have to uh, you have to bury them in the and store them in the correct uh, way, which which is a way of respect. So again, just to, to review from the beginning of the Mishnah, our Mishnah says, uh, is talking about the rabbinic prohibition to save things from a fire on Shabbos, because that may lead one to put the, extinguish the fire. However, books of Scripture, as in Torah and Avimu Kusubim, one could save on Shabbos, even books of Ksuvim, which one is not going is not allowed to read on Shabbos. And then the Mishnah tells us that books of Ksuvim written in a different language, in a foreign language, are not allowed to be saved, but they still doesn't that doesn't mean they don't have uh, holiness, that they do have holiness, and therefore when one has to uh, dispose of them, they have to do it in the in the appropriate manner. Now, why is one not allowed to read books of scripture on Shabbos? We mentioned this a second ago, they because it's going to lead to neglect of going to the base medrash. The Mishnah continues, Matzilin tik hasefer im hasefer. One may save the case of a Sefer Torah with the Sefer itself. We don't say you can only take the Torah, but you can take the Sefer, the case as well. But tik hatzfilin im hatzfilin, the case of the tzfilin with the tzfilin, which implies you let us say tzfilin. Even if there's money inside, and let's say a person gives money in their in their tzfilin bag because they want to, I don't give tzedakah on Shabbos, it's not a problem. So where may you save them to? Can you take them anywhere? So the answer is no, you can't take them into a public domain, but rather, but you can take them into an alley that is not open, even if it's one where you're not normally allowed to carry in because of rabbinic reasons, but as long as it's considered a rabbinic area, you can carry in there. Even if it's open in alley, as in there's no post in the, uh, there's no, it's covered, but there's no post. Again, we'll discuss this more. It has three walls, but not a not a fourth wall that tells you that it that, that you're about to walk into Rosh Hashanah. So even there, again, rabbinically you can't carry there, but since on a level of Darais it's considered a biblical Rosh Hashanah, one's allowed to bring out these holy books to this area in order to save it from the fire. Now one more interesting idea, and this comes from the Minchas Usher Simon Chazayin. Rav Usher Weiss points out, what about nowadays? So are you not allowed to uh, extinguish a fire nowadays if your house is on fire, God forbid? So the already, if you look in the uh, if you look in the earlier Rishonim and the Shulchan Aruch, it says you're allowed to put out a fire because it may, it can lead to loss of life. Meaning, if my if someone's house is on fire, and even though if they walk out of their house, they know they're fine, and it's just they're losing, they're going to lose their possessions. But we live in in very close proximity. The way our, our neighbors are set up, it's very it's very uh, it's very uh, possible the fire is going to spread and it'll go to a house where someone doesn't know there's a fire. It can lead to loss of life or people to get, you know put in, to compromise their health. So because of that, we allow one to call the fire department to put the fire out on Shabbos. More than that, Rav Weiss points out that also we have telephone wires that connect our houses to each other. So it's not just very possible or probable, but it's going to happen that the fire will, if you don't call anyone, the fire is going to spread and cause great loss of life. So because of that, we allow one to put out a fire we call, on Shabbos Bisman Hazet. Whereas if you lived isolated in the woods, then we may revert back to the Mishnah where you have to uh, just walk out and only take your Sifre Kodesh with you. Now, Rav Ashwais then points out a fascinating idea, a fascinating cloud. Now, if you're done, if you want need to go, you can go now, turn off the Mishnah Yomi, but this, I think, is fascinating. He says, however, what emerges from this is a fascinating cloud in general when it comes to Psak, and that is that there are times where we will give a sweeping heter in order to pre uh, prevent sakana, pre prevent loss of life or illness. Meaning to say that it's, it is possible that you can have a situation where you have a fire, and if you are an expert in, uh, uh, in fire safety, you might be able to, to predict and say, this fire is not going to spread. 
So therefore, maybe one, what, what, what one has to do, if there's a house on fire, they should sit there for a minute to figure out, is it going to spread, is it not going to spread? Says Ravasher Weiss, no. That there are times when we give a sweeping hat there and we just say, call the fire department, don't make these cheshbonos, it's not on you to figure out. Even though it is possible that this fire won't spread, you have a sweeping hat there to engage and save lives or potentially save lives. It's a fascinating idea. He says as follows, I see in many situations that merge in the Torah, that we're makel in a situation when there may not actually be a need to, to violate Shabbos or to violate the Torah. Because right now, sitting in front of us, there may not actually be a situation of Pekuach Nefesh, yet we, because we have a Cheshash, even if it's distant, that there could, it couldn't lead to loss of life, we give a sweeping heter. He calls it the Goraf, a sweeping heter. And he gives a couple of analogies. One is in Yardea, Simon Kuf Ayin Ches, there's a prohibition to dress like the Gentiles, but we allow someone to dress and get certain haircuts, which would ordinarily be prohibited, so that they can mingle among the non-Jews and create good relations and warm relations with the leaders of the non-Jews, so that in the event... Somewhere down the line, their services and their liaison and their relationship should be needed to save a life. They, 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 that relationship will be extant. So we allow someone to be over prohibition of of dressing a certain way to, to cultivate a relationship so that in the event in the future it's needed, it will be there. He gives another analogy that says as follows. This is very apropos for the last few years. Bishas hamagefa, when there is a magefa, when there's a pandemic sweeping through town, we say the healthy people, you may be healthy, you may not be susceptible to this disease that's ravishing the town, but because we have a chashash, that if you don't eat on Yom Kippur, if you don't eat on, on Tishba, if we, if, we, if we say for you it's Tishba, for you it's Yom Kippur, you can't eat. But for those who are unhealthy, they have to eat. We are concerned that get, then the cholim will want to also say, you know what, if the guy, that guy's not eating, then I can push myself. I can push myself. Somebody's sick will say, I'll push myself, and they'll end up in a situation of Pekuach Nefesh. So in order to ensure that, that those who are sick don't push themselves to the limit and don't put themselves in a, situ a compromised situation when it comes to their health, we say everyone eats, when, when there's a Magefa, then everyone should eat on Yom Kippur and on Tishabov. Again, same klal, that we sometimes will give a sweeping heter, a sweeping dispensation, so that we can ensure that even even if it's a remote chance that the, the all life will be preserved. So to here we say, don't don't start making these uh bonos. Most people can't comprehend, don't know what's considered a sakana, what's not a sakana when it comes to a house on fire, and therefore one has a sweeping hatter, a blanket hatter, to call the fire department and to put out the fire. I wish you all a wonderful day.